0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to X's for Podcast, your premier live comic podcast where we talk modern marbles, chronoskim, some classics, and more. I'm Nico, and you can check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and all the socials at NicoAction. That's N-I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. Hey everybody, it's Nathan. You can find me on Twitter and everywhere and all
1: around at Desler AOA. That's like Dazzler. Is it in the Age of Apocalypse? I think so, yeah.
2: Well, as long as she's not in the Sins of Sinister... I'm very happy for her. I am TK. You can find me all over the socials at X Gray X, And you can find
0: everything you need about the show over at xsforpodcast.com, which we'll be getting a super cool makeover, so keep your eyes out uh, for that one. It's going to be real neat to get you all the information you want about following all of our incredible hosts and contributors. But, okay, we have switched over to this new amazing format. I'm a big fan. We're testing out some new times. And today we're here to talk about some dark web stuff.
2: I love that we came up with a whole format for the schedule that we were going to do for the show. We had these really segmented things. It was all great. We get through exactly one month and (laughs) realize we have this event that's going to take up so much of our time. Thankfully, in terms of other stuff sort of winding down, it has all worked out. But, um, you know, we got one, it's like um, Generation X, how they got four issues and then they just had to end it for Generation X during Age of Apocalypse. to another little you know we had a good run and now we're doing our little break so we can do age of dark web age of dark web love it. it's, it's coming like, it's
1: like oh it's so it's like venom it's like oh we are venom <laughs> we are the Age of dark web but no I, I love that we are getting the chance to cover like what i can only see is the spiritual successor to the actual original inferno like i know we had inferno named events what last year in the, the year before like I, i'm really excited to see the goofiness of of the demons, like, it's giving me everything I want with the demons talking back. Like, I can almost see Rachel Summers becoming a mannequin in this event.
2: I want to respond to this, but Nathan, uh, Niko, <laughs> I'm going to let you intro the whole thing, because we haven't even...
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so, quick intro, just to hit what we're starting off with. Today, we're going to be taking a look at some amazing titles with some of our most incredible voices. We're going to be taking a look at Amazing Spider-Man 15 and 16. We're going to be taking a look at a number of the Dark Web one-shots including i want to say it's gold goblin uh two along with venom 14 we're going to be taking a look at ms marvel dark web alongside uh, oh black hat, black hat Jane. Jane. thank you cavo you're the best producer in the world and you're also <laughs> quite a husband and uh we're also going to be taking a look at x-men dark web one and two super exciting there but we're kicking this whole uh this whole business off with Dark Web Dusk, and uh, I just have to say I'm repping Spider Girl. She's uh she's my my everything. We have of course May, the original Spider Girl, but we have <laughs> April, her half clone, half symbiote evil murder sister a who,
2: character who would be so appropriate in dark web right now i would oh.
0: kill for her <laughs> to be in dark web anyway okay so i want to start things off with nathan you raised an amazing point about how this has really got a lot of inferno vibes and tk you said you're ready to tear into that with your mailbox teeth so let's get at Go it. For it
2: i mean i of course completely agree but it was funny back in the day when we were covering inferno i remember really trying to talk Out and suss out, like, why is this also inferno? And I came to the idea that an inferno is a moment in like ex life where a woman has just been pushed too far beyond the point of what she can accept any longer. And so, while the events, well, the two Infernos don't seem at all similar, the vibe isn't similar, you know, the most of the content isn't really similar. It's this idea that women like Maddie in the original, women like Moira, and not even so much Moira as like Mystique, and, uh, you know, that they are pushed to a point that they can no longer accept. And there is going to be some backfire. Dark Web really is the successor to Inferno in terms of vibe, in terms of story, and I I love it so much. If there were any critique, it is just that Inferno is such an iconic name, and the events are so similar that it's a little unfortunate that we're not uh, brand wise tying them together. But I I kind of it makes me hope that we can have other Infernos in the future, and that we can figure out a way that all of these should any similar events happen to the original Inferno and Dark Web that those can have their own crew line regardless of the name.
0: Make Inferno the new crisis. <laughs> <laughs> it's Marvel. Marvel's Inferno on X-Men Krakoa. I don't know. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm with it. I'm with it. Everywhere you need Inferno on Stark Tower. Inferno <laughs> on the Baxter Building. I'll Inferno your shit all day. <laughs> Inferno in Jarvis's bathroom. And you get an Inferno. And you get an Inferno. You all get Inferno. Oh.
2: Bees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Repping team Prior here. You know, got to go with uh, the clone love. It's, it's so fun to see it. And, like, I, I loved how in The Last Inferno really just seemed to feature, like, uh, you know, like, what goes wrong if you, like, try to push a lesbian too far? She's going to burn the <laughs> island down. Like, I love that. I love that. And, you know, the original one was, like, what happens when you close up push a clone too far? She's going to kill her, maybe. But, like, you know, like, it, it's great to see the fun and campiness that we got in that original Inferno in this dark web of it.
0: I completely agree. And I want to start things off with, how do you guys feel about these, uh, you know, very different clone peoples? I know I, growing up, thought, like, the height... Of you know funky fresh style was a teal cut off hoodie with a big spider design, and like you could not convince me that that wasn't walking around with a Banksy on your chest, and I still kind of feel that way. <laughs> so I really mm, couldn't love agree Riley. more. <laughs> I want to, and I I am famous for being hard on Maddie. I want to say like, what can I say, Maddie? Try harder. But Ooh. I feel like life has said that to Maddie enough. Yeah. Yeah, please don't <laughs> i just want to be like I, it's a shame that she's so misused so frequently that it's hard to fall in love with her for me for long stretches and i would love to get your guys reaction to you know one mr benjamin clone cell riley and madeline i can actually fly planes don't forget prior <laughs>
2: I, like you, am a total Ben-head from back in the 90s. Really, it was just all about that cutoff. And it just, to me, was just so cool. He's been around this whole time. He's been doing stuff. He was like, I'm going to be Spider-Man for a minute during Death of Doctor Strange. He had the great talk with Black Hat where he was like, if Peter's sick, I'm going to pick up the slack. Loved that for him. The situation that he's in is a very specific <laughs> near-death experience mixed with psychedelics. And so on the one hand, it kind of makes me... like. Like, I like the idea that he's having trouble with life as a clone. But when you're like, he has quantum memory loss, it kind of... (laughs) and so for maddie maddie really it's all on her shoulders to like actually have been a person who was mistreated because of who she was and for that to mean something and for the, there to be consequences of that and you know i'm i'm completely reserving judgment till all is said and done because i really do love maddie i don't think you can justify that you know trying to kill her own child stuff but i do think you can say this is somebody who was done wrong and i'd love to see that dealt with
1: I got to say, like, when I first started reading comics, like, I was super into X Men, but my mom got me a subscription to Spider Man at the time. So, like, I fell in love with crazy 90s Spider Man. So, it was all through the lead up to Ben Riley taking over, to Ben Riley taking over as Spider Man. So, like, I've got mad love for Ben Riley. I loved the Beyond, uh, Spider Man Beyond stuff that came out before this that really um, showed him taking over as Spider Man while Peter was sick again. It, it, while it felt like a nostalgia grab for the 90s, it also was a really good story because the Beyond Corporation was really fucking with his memories and really messing with his head. So, like, this is a guy who really was brought to his lowest point. And when, as he we will talk about later, when he remembers the events of the very, very lowest point, like, he doesn't remember that Peter Parker was trying to save him versus or that. So I, I love to see, you know, what his state of mind is that has driven him to become Chasm versus where we knew him before, where he was always a sort of heroic guy. Um, And of course, Maddie, like she has been used and abused. Like I kind of get the trying to kill her baby thing because she was, she was bred to breed. (laughs) So like, that was her way of trying to take her life back, but it's still, I don't know if it can really just
2: matter. No, that's a really, that's a really good point. And you know, the, like the loss of like the loss of sanity from how she was treated and you know what that child represents in the kind of treatment that you're talking about, you're, you're totally right. It's more that, like, I want redemption, and I feel like even when you give a really good explanation like that, it's going to be really tough, like, for editors of a comic book to make somebody yeah. an X-Man who once tried to kill her baby.
1: Oh, agreed, agreed. It's, it's really hard to walk a character back from that yeah, line. And I, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I always, I always wanted Maddie to be her own character and away from... I don't need her to be a good guy. I, I'm fine with what she's doing as a character like not like personally like I'm not like yeah Maddie you're doing the right thing but like I I get what it does to our character I'm not upset as a big Maddie fan that this is happening to our character
0: and you know the the thing I want to address is what is happening to her character Maddie had this beautiful turn in the pages of New Mutants which we actually covered 47 times and (laughs) uh it just kept falling at a really weird time in our coverage and so we covered the whole thing like beginning to end like five times uh it was really great We covered it again for a Limbo special. Maddie had this beautiful transformation into the absolutely has every right to be angry woman that she has every right to be and the mastermind behind that, the architect of her doing is seemingly the architect of her undoing as we now have Zeb Wells along with Adam Kubert, Frank Martin and Joe Caramagna on the leadoff for Dark Web. I'm not the biggest fan of the event as a whole. I'm enjoying a lot of Zeb Wells as Spider-Man a lot and I'm enjoying a lot of the threads but I'm not sure that I get the event. Like, it seems as though, it's a very existentialist comics, I guess. It seems as though uh, Maddie Pryor is like, what if we do kind of like the same Inferno thing again? <laughs> Some less baby killing and a little bit more eating Jean Gray's memories. And I think this is actually a much more fair thing. Like, I'm a much bigger fan of this plan. This really does seem like what someone who's hurt might do to get revenge when they're, I don't want to say cow calculated calculated makes it sound like cruel but like this is a better step in my opinion how do you guys feel about the returning to that element of inferno that was so famous like the stuff that we've always talked about like the eating uh mailboxes and like the roads that rip up and attack you how does that return feel in the pages of dark web
1: great i love it i'm like so excited they're back i i I love to see it It, it's a good kind of nostalgia it doesn't like that's the kind of nostalgia that you read and you're like oh i feel bad that i used to Like that, it's like, oh my god, these are fun, campy demons, and they just want to eat people. The stroller wants to eat the baby. The Christmas trees just want to poop. So, (laughs) I mean,
0: (laughs) I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting. So, contributor Jake just wants me to know that they're Maddie's memories, and the gene absorbed them.
2: Oh man, I uh, she's earned them. We're we will be delving into this during the next segment for sure. Um, you know, I, 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 I really agree with the idea that like the motivations here are much more justifiable. I'm much more eager to follow along and see what happens. You know, we're not just ending the world. We're taking back what's ours which I love for Maddie. Again, I go back to Ben, who isn't taking back what's his because what's his was not lost and he thinks Peter hurt him, but Peter did not hurt him. And so it's a little bit unfortunate. And I, again, kind of put that on Maddie's shoulders for maybe taking advantage of him. Venom is absolutely being taken advantage of. But you know who probably is not being taken advantage of, but is really interesting in this particular book? Elizabeth Tyne, a.k.a. Hallow's Eve.
0: Yeah, she is absolutely, the uh one stop shop party city wig factory. Nathan, I think we've found your superhero self.
2: <laughs> but hold on. Yeah. Nico, Nico, Elizabeth Tyne. Halloween. It's me. Elizabeth Tyne, Nico.
0: Like Riley Tyne. That's his mom, yo. Oh my god. That's that's Dark Devil's mom. Yeah. Just I, I don't know. It's, wow.
2: it's, yeah, it's, so I just love it for the like for us specifically, <laughs> for just the context of you and I and what we're covering, and we got Mayday in the background there and everything. But yeah, this... This is that Elizabeth Tyne. Um, and so now, you know, I was kind of, I went a little bit like, I don't care about this character when we talked about possibly covering her before. And uh, Nathan, it was either you or Steve, somebody made some really compelling arguments for why it was actually going to be kind of cool. And I really like, I almost interrupted to eat my words and be like, I was so wrong, but I'm doing it now. I She's actually somebody who in this series as a whole is coming off really interesting to me. And we'll talk about that more in uh, the Venom coverage, which is where I think she's doing her, Best work, but like this, despite the weird Halloween theming, this could be this could be a real keeper. Yeah,
1: I I love it. I'm so excited to see the uh, miniseries that's coming out for her. Maybe
0: post Dark Web. I think it's post. Yeah, it's post
1: Dark Web. Okay, so yeah, I'm really super psyched for that.
0: I am so fucking excited about what you said. So that I started googling like, can I quickly change my background to (laughs) Dark Devil? And I found that if you search Dark Devil MC2, like 67 of the results. Results are our show, so I'm not.
2: <laughs> yes, gonna... we've won. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm excited. That's a. That's a weird poll, but like. A it's all coming together and I love that. B like these are these are all great characters to play around with and I do, you know, Jay's going to have some opinions when we get into X-Men about like what's going on with Maddie and I've kind of been like I'm not I'm not saying anything until all is said and done because I think we might be getting <laughs> a little bit bait and switched in terms of how bad everyone seems and how good they're going to look at the end of the series. All
0: right. Okay. I I definitely I'm I vote yes on that. Maybe Nathan, what are your thoughts? Do you think Maddie is playing everybody? Do we think that this is like a Belasco bait and switch? It's a
1: Mephisto hmm.
0: mystery. It's a Dormammu, <clears throat> don'tcha? <ya?
1: laughs> it's a zar- yeah, It's a uh cacophony. I don't know.
0: Yes, <laughs> sir. Uh- <laughs> yeah, he said stuff. <laughs>
1: um i i I, sure i think maddie is playing everybody i think i I think she's really just out to get her own means and she maybe she cares about ben riley but she doesn't really i think she cares more about hallows eve than ben riley which is like funny but cool i'm like you go girl like you know like that villain mama boss like yeah you get (laughs) it
0: i would love it if you go girl showed up in this um okay so then i have one big question that that's forefront of my brains How do you guys feel about the nature of so many things coming together in this, right? Well, clearly we're talking just initially about the dark web one shot with, uh, you know, ex longtime buddy Zeb Wells, who this is, of course, not Zeb Wells' first time on Amazing Spider-Man as he uh, originally did Spider-Man back when Dan Slott debuted in the brand new day era. Right. So how do you guys feel about how it's this? It's the Venom story with his kid. It's the it's just it's a lot of stories in a good way, because I like when they're able to say, look how versatile a single story can be. How do you guys feel about that? Is that working for you the same way it's working for me? Or are you guys feeling like this is a couple of puzzle pieces from a few too many puzzles?
2: I think it's working for me. I uh, and because it's really deft, they are hitting their publishing deadlines um, so things are coming out in the order that they need to be read. And so there's things happening like, you know, in Venom, Hallows Eve is going to get the Cerebro helmet that she's then going to bring back to Maddie. And the beats are really being hit. It's two months of worth of releases um, that, you know, that's not that much time. It's moving at a pace. And while well, maybe some things will be like a little too glossed over, maybe not, we'll find out when all is said and done, I'm very impressed at the ballet of pulling all these people together. And like, I noticed it when I was reading the Hallow's Eve stuff. Like I care about each one of these people in their own way. I care about Miss Marvel, Mary Jane. Like I'm in it forever.
0: Nathan, take us into our first commercial. Tell me, how do you feel about this many things uh, overlapping like this? Usually it's great. I just think the
1: venom was a little bit one too many for me, but like, other than that, like it's pretty good. And it's amazing. And I can't wait to see how Venom fits into it.
0: I very much agree and i am absolutely so excited to keep talking about this amazing story and this larger than life crossover but i don't think we can do it without a little bit of help from our team so we're gonna flash to a commercial and when we come back we're gonna be taking a look at two of the most recent issues of amazing spider-man with some of the best voices from the x-pack so you're not gonna want to miss it but first up check out these other amazing things on this channel and don't forget to like and Subscribe so you can check out more of Ah Handsome Faces and uh, the ridiculous content we bring. Where I do old timey voices. Oh, for the love of God, <laughs> Kevy, get me off the screen! Hey, hey, everybody, we are back, and I believe I am turning things over to the one, the only Nathan. No, wait, TK, this X Men. Yeah, this is only me. <laughs> TK. I actually said that we're going to Spider Man after break, so <laughs> I'm the problem. I I see I see in oh. the uh, group chat. So. Uh, Uh, By the way, we're just waiting on the amazing that is uh, Juancho. If you're out there, Juancho, we want you in this room, buddy. So come on through.
2: Well, as we wait for Juancho and get ready to get started, uh, I want to introduce our uh, contributors for this particular segment in uh glorious glitchy wonderfulness we've got arturo
4: live and direct from the mojo sorry they're jamming <laughs> my transmission i'm not sure what's going on but uh hi everyone Good it's to so see appropriate you. for dark web it's it really is yeah it's like the fractured psyche
2: and the love of my life who i'm so excited to see tomorrow hey boo
5: Hi, everyone. Hi, 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 everyone. I'm Jake. Um, and you can find me on the internet uh, at Twitter uh, at Omega Sentinel. That's OH Mega Sentinel or Omega Sentinel. And I'm also on Instagram now uh, at The Heart Farmer, like a, a farmer of hearts, plows, and blood spurting everywhere. And it's beautiful.
2: And man, this is, I think, for a lot of us, the big one. The big one, at least, I think, in terms of expectations for Dark Web. It's actually maybe not my big one as I read the series, but as we were coming into it, I thought this is where I need to to plant my flag and like i want to know i want to know what is going on with miss madeline pryor uh you know i wanted to go just right to arturo and jake uh because we've talked about it a little bit but we're gonna oop. Juancho,
3: Hey! Hi, everyone. Hi, Juancho. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Juancho, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, LastingRacoa. We're so psyched that you're joining us
2: now. We've got Arturo has disappeared. But here's the deal. We're going to get started. People are going to come in and out as they want. This is going to be a very... Vi- yeah. This is like the X-Men. Sometimes you're on the island. Sometimes you just walk out
4: and leave. It's all good. It's um, like a uh, stepping into to limbo. I'm the, I was about to say I'm back, guys. I had to pop into limbo <laughs> and grab a glass of wine.
2: That's no worries. <laughs> um But, like, just diving right into it, how are we feeling about these two issues of Dark Web X Men? How are we feeling about the state of Madeline Pryor right now?
4: Worried. I am worried. I have faith in Zeb Wells. This is my short answer. I like Zeb Wells gave us the Hellions. So, right there, there's my faith. But I have been just worried for my girl going into this event. Why are they regressing her character? But, X Men, this, 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 this series is giving me hope because i think zeb is doing something interesting with her i think uh you guys were right in the in the previous segment saying that there's going to be a turn and and we're going to get more than what uh what we're expecting and people that look horrible are hopefully going to get some redemption um and i think we're in good hands with zeb but i'm with you though i am focusing just on this part of the event i figure i'll catch everything else through listening to you fine folks (laughs) jacob what do you think
5: well, when you read comic books for long enough, you become used to characters regressing to a certain kind of mean. And Marvel, Marvel seems to really love to pile on their poor clones. Um, whether you're Ben or Strife or Madeline, my goodness, um, it, you can never stay very good for very long if you, you know, even if you've had some character development. So, you know, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes because it does. I agree with with the room here that this is this does seem like a bit of a bait and switch. It does seem like somehow Madeline is not as terrible. As, as she's as she's coming across. I mean, I I'm I'm here to support women's wrongs, and so and I do believe that Madeline is justified to her memories. Jean did take them after she died. <sighs> So, I'm here for Maddie. I just, I, I'm i not here so much for, like, a nebulous end. I want her to be in a good place by the end of this because that would actually give me the growth I'm looking for in her character arc.
3: And Juanjo, where are you at? I'm kind of worried, like, Arturo, because I don't, I'm not exactly sure Dark Web Madeline vibes with New Mutants Madeline. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm we just got a point uh, to a point with with uh, Madeline after Hellions and after Vita's new mutants and like two issues later which was which is when uh, Dark web started like it's a totally different character now and I I don't really get it so, like why did Marvel go to let Vita go through all this trouble of writing such an amazing story and just to undo it a month later,
4: immediately. That's the part that drives me insane. It that there was no build into this. It was just like, oh, forget everything you've been reading for the last two years. No big deal. <laughs>
3: what I
1: hate about it is it, it proves me... Danny Moonstar right. Like, oh like she was so <sighs> annoying in the series. I love Danny Moonstar. She's like literally like top three favorite characters. But like she was so annoying in the series. And Maddie's proved
0: her right. Oh, come on. If you're reading New Mutants, you're only getting half the story.
5: <laughs> 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 well, it, it's much like that handoff in the MCU from from uh, WandaVision to Doctor Strange 2, the character of the Scarlet Witch. It's so oh, Thank now. you. you thank on, you. You end, on, you end on such character development and such, such growth and catharsis, and then you pick up and she's just she's, she's evil. Evil all the time. It reminds
4: that's me so exactly, much of that. That's no, exactly guess, what it is. That's exactly what it is. I guess my
2: question then is, do you think that this is a disconnect in which one writer had this vision and wrote their vision, and another writer came in and was like, I'm doing this instead, or... Or do you think that we are, uh, you know, we're working towards something by the end?
3: Um, I think it's just an issue of X-Men editors not working well with Spider-Man editors and dragging X-Men down with Spider-Man in a way. (laughs) Because, you know, how Peter's never allowed to be happy. And Mm. I don't know, this just feels like uh, like X-Spider-Man editors writing, like letting this groundwork go through mostly so Maddie fits with the whole chasm thing. And now that's her own character. I don't know. Feels weird. It
4: almost feels like such an editorial cash grab, kind of, like, well, the mutants are doing great. Let's get some of that Krakoan cash. And, like, mm. while well, we did that, you know, with Inferno back in the day, why don't we do – people will love that shit. And, yes, to an extent, I am loving the mailboxes eating people. I'm loving, <laughs> you know, the art. I'm loving, oh my God, Cyclops visorless with a head surround, his head surrounded by a litter <laughs> of puppies. Okay, that's Bitch. really cute. That was brilliant. So, like, why I go back to. I am terrified. I am worried. I am viscerally angry for like the flip in Maddie, but I have faith in Zeb Wells. I think we're gonna land this in a good place. Here's the thing, though. Like, if you're just
1: reading these two issues, I don't think you're getting a good view of the complexity of Maddie in this event. Okay, you're only
0: getting half the story. Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: like, like Maddie throughout this whole event is really complex. She's got her reasons for doing what she's doing. You know, like, New Mutants set her out to be her own character. I don't think it necessarily set her out to be a hero. Like, and, like, I think her, like, I'm looking for justice and redemption for Maddie, but, like, I don't think my redemption for Maddie needs her to be a superhero. I don't think that would ever fit her after everything that she's been through Mm -hmm. and always having to... Occupy the same space that her imminently better clone is, like, living in. Like, I, I don't think she can ever live up to Jean. And I don't think she ever wants to try.
0: I agree with that very much. My concern is that her plan does seem to be killing people. Like, her plan does seem to be taking children from other mothers. Like like strollers Uh, that eat babies so her plan does seem to be killing anyone because she's sad about it and that's the kind of stuff that i don't care for when people like like i don't care for it when they have anyone do it but that is like actually like villainy and i don't need her to be a hero at all but the idea that her actions can be reckless such that they do to others what was done to her and she feels that doing what was done to her one woman which was wrong to ever be done but doing it recklessly to hundreds of people, thousands, by doing this spell that could literally kill so many people. Unless there's some oh, but no one's gonna die clause in it. She's yeah. actually doing so much worse than was ever done to her by doing what was done to her to everyone.
4: But I will say this in a meta way: isn't that the most Maddie story beat we could be getting? Right? It's almost yeah. like a is mm-hmm. it like is mm-hmm. it history repeating itself or is it is it oh my. Is it she's the patron saint of women who deserve better in publishing and got railed yes. for the you know purpose of a bigger story? Like mm-hmm. so, maybe there is kind of a there's something that fits and and that's it's right about it, but it's infuriating. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Okay.
5: Well, and it's we spend the, the, Madeline is Jean's shadow self you know it becomes really it's it can be interesting if you're looking at it from a symbolic layering of it you know it's 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 always been this dynamic of it's Jean versus her shadow Jean versus her shadow but but Maddie's a person and you know we've gotten so much more of her personhood in this and i think to the point that you that that was made before that we're only getting half the story i agree but i also think x-men is where we're getting the most of Madeline's <laughs> characterization her internal process and <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I still find myself rooting for her. And yes, the killing stuff is really bad, and it's really it it yeah. it, it, it it's it, it's the character assassination 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 problem. Um, but I don't. She's think I'm killing for people at all. She's killing people, and I'm not. And she's I'm still rooting for. I keep
2: going They're back. are all that, messed up. <laughs> I keep going back to that first page of issue two, where she's having the dream about baby Nathan, who is suspiciously absent. from... From this, and at this point, we're so far into it that I almost hope he doesn't come in.
1: But no, please, please, no cable. Please, no cable. No, always no, cable. Nice. Um... No, like I love cable, but no, like
2: that's
5: let's, just let's, mom let's, yo. Let's come
2: this. on, I know. I mean, like I feel I'm of two ways about it. I am of the uh, that's his mom yo way about it, but I am also of the like, yeah, it might be a little too much. That one dream that she is having really feels important and is really gesturing at the severity of the trauma but where are we gonna go from here like where does this end that you are happy or you are satisfied on madeline's behalf even
4: a one night stand with nate gray <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that basically happens oh, sometimes no,
0: trilogy, her, why? Own why? no her own island what if she got her
5: own
1: island
5: Clone why back. would you bring that up <laughs> Hi, give her a clean co- I mean, I would say, for me, I I want her to get her memories back, and then I want her to go away, and I want her to, like, not ever have ever have to deal with the X-Men again. And that's how I frame it. She has to deal with them now. She has to deal with that bitch, Jean, because she's got all her memories in her head, now. how else is she, she going to get it back? And Jean, as usual, is taking the immediate reactive approach and saying, oh, slap, a slap, a really beautiful yeah, slap, yeah, with yeah, hot yeah. pink and lots of, like, crackly bits. But for all the beauty of that slap, I was so mad about it.
2: Wancho, where does the story end for you that you would be happy with it? Um, I don't
3: know. I don't think we can go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> We're not, we wouldn't try here, but uh, I'm not exactly sure what would make me happy for Maddie. Because I do want her memories to come back, like everyone's saying, but I'm not sure. Like, She's not going to get Nate um, Cable to acknowledge her as her real mother because she didn't raise him, right? So I'm not exactly sure what she wants and, and how she's going to get it just by, you know, getting Gene's memories implanted on her. So I'm All not sure. what she wants is another, another baby. baby. She's, she's on, she on tomorrow. tomorrow.
1: Okay, so...
0: Okay, oh my but I'm God, picturing the Britney Spears version, though, not like... Any other yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, but there's none of that weird Nazi symbology.
2: None of and that. So another question I have for the team is... Like, is Ilyana just here because this is all kind of her doing? Like, did she just start this? Or do you think that there's work that we need to do before series end? Because remember, we've got another month of this. We've only got one issue of X-Men left, but we got more issues of Dark Web. And these characters are appearing throughout the series. So by the end of this, do we need to have seen more from Ilyana? Or is she simply here because she, you know, lit lit the match?
0: she's an NJ Transit bus. <laughs>
5: I mean, she's the she's the ultimate expression of me of someone who had to turn and fight their own shadow self without it being a clone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's a lot of storytelling potential there. I'd like to see it teased out because I don't want her to just be transpo because that is what it feels like right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there should there should, there ought to be I would say, um, but that doesn't mean there's gonna be.
1: I, I think it's she should be a bigger part of this. I mean, she caused it. Uh, there's moments here and there where we're like, oh yeah, you caused this, and like you've got like little genes running around with little Ileana but like, like in, in some of these other books some of her huge enemies are showing up and I'm like okay cool like is the idea to have her save the day take back Limbo and then I don't see a build up to it if that's what's going to happen.
4: Wait 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 who's showing up in other books fill me in everybody. <laughs> like everybody. Belasco Nastir like, like Ileana's yeah Velasco yeah. Yeah. is uh, over in the and pages Mary of Mary Cat.
0: Jane and Black Cat and uh, Sim I feel is like in- and Mary Jane Blackett
2: too? Uh um Ms Marvel? Oh, okay.
0: Ms Marvel. And then um Sam had recently been in Thor. Yes. And it's like everybody's everywhere. And that's one of the things that I do love. I love the um the like, I don't know. There's there used to be a feeling like if somebody showed up in another book, it's lending an idea and sharing a moment. And then it kind of started to be like an ugly cash grab, but I feel like other than I I did maybe feel at times like this was the only title that really represented the X-Men while using a lot of the X-Men's lore. I have felt like this event has really been loving of the X-Men and their lore in a way that like, oh, okay, Belasco showed up in a book that's not really a Belasco title, but you know what? It can be now, and it's been exciting.
2: Yeah. And at the same time, Sink's best moment in this series so far is in a Venom book. And yeah. the Venom book has its own problems as a Venom book, but Sync has a really interesting turn that if that's a character you love regardless of what happens with venom which is a lot of stuff the sync moment is iconic for the character Forever,
4: you yeah. guys. Okay, so I guess I gotta pick up the bat. Yeah, we
2: telling
5: you, on better it's, or worse. Yeah, it really, more you guys, yeah, you guys make a strong point about um just the idea that that, that X Men as a brand has really resurged enough in popularity that they can start to they can start to do these crossovers that are X Men leader leading and X Men heavy to try and bring other characters up and back in. um I Dark Web, you know, as Spider Man has moved into more of that mystical place, you know, trying to cultivate some overlap with other corners of the Marvel. Universe, it makes a lot of sense. Brand synergy, Mm -hmm. Um, and and to I think I think to mixed but mostly successful efforts in in this event. And of course, one
1: character. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm just here for the Goblin Prince of it all. (laughs) Thank you.
2: That Uh, you you and I are Uh. on the same wavelength because that was the question I was asking. (laughs) It's the one character we haven't dealt with. Poor Goblin Prince, just trying to get pegged, and it's just not working out for Uh, him. He woke
5: up like that. (laughs) I love that he's
0: just dressed like like dark bizarre and we're fine with it. <laughs> like wonderful. he literally comes in, in like a black loincloth and he's like, hey guys, I'm like, I'm like one of those non-problematic white jungle boys. Look at my loincloth. <laughs> let's let's talk, let's talk
4: about our feelings. I've been working on this stuff in my therapy. It's he's, so hot. He's, he's doing the wonderful. work wonderful. <laughs> oh yeah. He's wonderful. I like I feel like if this whole story came down like from editorial, you know, fiat, Zubwells is uh is doing what he can, having a lot of fun and Giving us brilliant moments like that, like with with the Goblin Prince,
0: or that moment where uh, Havoc has his love sense toy in his butt and is getting tips. Uh, <laughs> <that laughs> control it. Was that was that not? I like that you know the sound. Thank you.
5: Uh, was that not in this book? <laughs> I've been around the world. I know
2: what's going on. That, yeah, that was this
0: book.
5: So I havoc.
2: Yeah. we're we're getting towards the end here. So I want to start calling for last thoughts and I want to do it with enough time for everybody to really sound off about where they are with the X-Men and Dark Web.
1: Um, I'll just start real quickly. Like there are things I loved about this. It, it totally reads like a Duggan book, which is what you want to make a lot of it. Like whether you love it or hate <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> it, it, it. um. But there are some fun moments. I do. I do love the puppies
0: around Sykes head i love the goblin prince look Uh, that's about yeah (laughs) i really loved seeing Jean with someone i don't associate her with Mm -hmm. like yeah Yeah. for all of the ways that people Mm -hmm. are like oh Jean's boring now like she'll never be boring to me she's the queen of my heart at Mm -hmm. you know eight years old my screen name was x gray phoenix boy x and i stand by it and i will stand by it till the day i die then reborn then die again again several issues later just to prove a (laughs) point about cycles and i'm just really excited to see the future of an x-men where there's fewer rules on who can be friends with who without it disrupting the continuity continuum i am uh
4: i am i continue to be worried um i i have faith in zeb but i do not have faith i guess in editorial fiat perhaps I, i i worry for maddie's future um but in the meantime, I'm enjoying brilliant artwork, uh, Forge looking like a goddamn pinup, um, the team up between uh, the amazing friends team up. Hello, that was so fun. Like, if you're writing the story and if you got to put your X Men with your Spider Man toys, that's a thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Especially now that I, <laughs> now that you have like an in with Firestar, she's like, okay, we can do this. And it's so I'm enjoying it for what it is, Um, and crossing my fingers.
3: wancha what do you think? Um, Especially for, this is mostly for number two and for number one, but I kind of like how this issue picked up right where Cable left off with Jerry and Phil Noto. like, mm-hmm. they're a great comedic, comedic duo, right? Like Forge picking up the hot dog with the five second rule and Maddie's face <laughs> where you're <in> therapy. <laughs> okay. um, I think like the funny moments are very very funny and like i thought it was really fun to see the giant sinister playing in the dollhouse but uh in, but in general we are uh, i'm not exactly sure what i want from this work from this book and i'm not sure what this book wants either so Hold i'm on. just a bit confused what guys- to expect going forward
4: I, um, I feel like an idiot because I've been talking about how I have faith in Zeb Wells. This is written by Jerry Dugan.
2: This is Duggan,
4: but remember, it's a, team.
2: it's a team that is doing the whole thing, so yeah. having faith in Zeb Wells can will make sense, I think, broadly by the time we come to the end.
4: Well, that's very um, kind of you, but I feel like a fool, and now I'm absolutely terrified for Maddie. Sorry. Updating <laughs> my answer. Keep going.
5: So, the, I think, that actually, the Sinister playing in the Dollhouse is a callback to the original Inferno when he was... Uh, Destroying Gene and Maddie's minds, and mm, that's when Gene yeah. absorbs Maddie's memories. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But I, I, I remember seeing that panel, and being like, "That's a callback. That's a callback." Um, when I started reading Dark Web, I had a very bad reaction because I thought, "Oh my gosh, we are we're just back to trashing Madeline. Here we go, misogyny, misogyny, misogyny. Like women, women are wronged again." Issue two, uh, I, I walked that back after issue two, especially after the first scene. It's clear that we're supposed to have pathos for Madeline. She's not a one-sided evil. Dude. And she never really was, but she went so hard in the original Inferno that like it was easy to paint her that way. Now I think we are not fully meant to root for the X-Men. And we're not fully meant to root for Maddie, but I'm still rooting for Maddie. (laughs) <laughs> so my hope Damn. is that my hope is that she gets she gets hers everyone gets out relatively unscathed i would love to see jean taken down a peg in terms of her moral high ground because madeline didn't ask to be a clone of jean gray and jean gray has been just such an amazing bitch to her like her entire life i'm just like can't get over it i'm sorry you feel violated she feels violated you can read her mind have some empathy
1: x-man 25 we're looking at you you were awful
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think i wish we could actually like remedy that but i think we just have to for, the only remedy is to forget it. The memory hole. You know, hole. take take our I forget actually, me nows and.
0: I have a great news, though. There is a remedy. That remedy is Oh, it is was the right clean. <laughs> the remedy is, Jake, would you mind giving us your amazing sign-off since we're about to lose you and Arturo both? I would love to get your guys' sign-offs before we pop over to commercial uh, for Amazing Spider-Man time, because I hyped it, and then we didn't do it
5: because I'm a liar. So,
0: Jake, Arturo, guys, give me those sign-offs so that we can uh, know where we can follow your amazing asses.
5: Uh, I, 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 get my name first. So first, I, I'm Jake. I'm Jake, and you can find me on Twitter at... Omega Sentinel. Um, That's O-H Mega Sentinel. And also on Instagram at The Heart Farmer, as in I farm your hearts and they go.
4: And I'm Arturo and you guys can follow me at Mr. Toybox on Twitter and on Instagram where I have resurrected the corpse of my account. And I have been posting again and I do uh, like action figure photography and I've been out of it for like over a year. But I'm back, baby. So Mr. Toybox. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like Kevo says, fucking fuck.
2: Thank you guys so much for talking about Dark Web X-Men. This was such a good time. I'm so excited for us to revisit this conclusion next month. And uh until then Commercial Like and
0: Subscribe. All right. Well, I'm putting things in the trusty spider hands of one Mr. Spider Nathan. I'm Spider Nathan. All right. So we have one new voice,
1: the Mary Jane to my Peter Parker. Introduce yourself, babe.
6: Hello. It's me, Steve. Uh, My pronouns are they and them, and I'm here to eat some brains.
1: (laughs) All right. So, like, where is everybody at with Spider-Man? Like, did you just jump on for Dark Web, or were you reading it long before? I got to say, like, I was kind of reading it, then I dropped it, and then I went back and rewrite a lot of it because Steve was talking about it so much. So I was like, oh my God, it sounds amazing. And it really is so good.
0: Uh, I've been reading so much Spider Man for this show that I found myself like, okay, this seems like a good time to jump on. It's Zeb Wells, some really amazing art. Uh, I'm excited about where the characters have been going and where they might be headed. So, you know, I jumped on at number one. Uh, I think I, I always managed to catch up, so I'm, I'm never too far behind. But I definitely was like, okay, I was caught up for Judgment Day, and then I stayed caught up for Dark Web, and now I'm webbing myself all caught.
2: And I feel like I took the other side of things from Nico. He was doing Amazing Spider-Man, so I did uh, Slots Spider-Verse Spider-Man uh, that's been happening. And um, I, I have paid, attention to this throughout i wanted to make sure i was all caught up for uh judgment day because of course it was very x-men relevant what happened uh what the crossover was there but you know i've been paying attention i also just like we do a lot of spider adjacent stuff that isn't peter parker specifically and i've been trying to keep in that zone of like not reading so much peter and seeing what life is like when you just follow all the other spider people more than you really follow peter
6: i have I've uh, been reading the entire Amazing Spider-Man arc from the beginning. Uh, this is my first ongoing Spider-Man run that I've read, and it is one of my it's maybe my favorite comic. Uh was one of my very favorite comics of last year. It's it's amazing, it's phenomenal. I have been in love with it the whole time. And I, as you know, I'm a devotee of new mutants. And uh for me, this was like the most organic crossover event I've seen in forever because everything that has been happening in Spider-Man since Beyond, which I also read, uh and everything. everything. Everything that's been happening in X-Men with the clones, with Maddie, with Ben, all of this seems like it was coming to a head and it's amazing how everything has just woven together so beautifully. It's been a blast and a delight.
3: So just to give some context, I was reading the Spencer run, the one before, up to around issue 25 when I just, you know, I just couldn't anymore and dropped it. So I didn't read the end of that one and I didn't read Beyond, but you know, Seb Wells coming off Hot from Hellions picked it up. I haven't really enjoyed it. Steve- (laughs) I'm sorry uh, to I hear think, that. I know. I think uh the only issue like I really liked was the judgment day issue, which was wow. fantastic. But in general, because I've been reading, because it's Spider-Man, right? How can you not read Spider-Man? And I'm not, sure, I'm not sure. I haven't really liked this run. I've been a bit disappointed. I don't think Peter's characters uh, character makes sense, really. Like the whole six-month thing that has not been explained yet, uh, I haven't really liked it. So, yeah, but I'm reading everything, and we'll see.
6: I'll be glad to talk to you more about it later. Yeah. And that's fair. The, the
1: six-month thing is something that, you know, actually we do learn a little bit more about some things that happened in some of these other tie-ins and in this issue itself there's some real more bombs that are dropped in these issues if you have been reading along the whole time you know you probably went into the suspect this event not really expecting to know more about what happened in the six months but we are finding clues here and there as to what happened and it's kind of it's kind of exciting if you're following it uh of course there's a big mj and peter shipper like i had that problem at first with this run but when i go back and reread it um you know every time i do i just like sarah mclaughlin's building a mystery is playing in my head, and Deb,
0: Wells
1: is... <laughs> Deb Wells is building some kind of mystery here that I I really I trust him enough as a storyteller to kind of give it the benefit of the doubt and see where it's going with it.
0: And I don't need a couple to be together to learn a lot about them. Yep. So like, as a person who ships MJ and Peter, I also am like, oh, they're not together. How am I supposed to read this book? But like at the same time, I'm like, they're not together. So what does that tell me about what I don't get yep. when they aren't together? that I look for from when they are together? What does that tell me about who they are when they're apart that I can learn from to see who they are together better? So I I feel the same way. Like, I went in kind of like that part, because I'm I'm somewhere between Steve and Juancho, even though I'm up and to the right. I'm like... A little bit the book is doing challenging, exciting things, and I'm a little bit like it's just not my favorite execution month to month. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, no, Nathan, I think you summarized my, my feelings well. I was really upset because they're not together, but they make it worth it not being together. They do, and and like I was like with Beyond Spider-Man Beyond, it really
1: kind of ended with like, oh cool, they're gonna get back together, and they didn't. But uh there there is a mystery here that like Mary Jane has kids <laughs> <laughs> that are not babies, like she yeah. has grown-ass kids. Kids, like <laughs> grown ass old. kids. I mean, they're like five or six, whatever. But they're they're
6: grown ass for like six months. But, I was gonna say about six
2: months old. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh
6: they're significantly more than six months old, and we'll see why very soon. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but uh, to,
1: to dive into the actual issues itself, I did love how it opened on the scene of the baby carriage trying to eat the baby in like some real classic Inferno camp goodness. Um, I think throughout the issue, we got a lot of scenes that were there was a scene specifically in Miss Marvel that was replicated that we saw the opposite side of it so like I think this is serving as the driving book for the plot um of the dark Web event where the other issues are more filling it in and giving us a lot more detail in the process um how do you how do you feel though about the idea of Ben Riley being so distorted from his memory loss that he blames Peter and will do anything to make his life right again
6: very funny Not the psycho reactive goo. (laughs) I
2: I mean, that really it it is funny. Like it just, (laughs) I the fact that there's not a little bit more tongue in cheek and a little bit more silliness to how over the top it is is the one thing that has me just a little bit like it's not even bad. It's just not quite the vibe that I'm looking for. I
6: I laughed my ass off through this issue, through both of these.
2: Why is he wearing
6: sleeves?
2: <laughs> That's the other thing. I need my Scarlet Spider back. Um, but I actually really do love Chasm. Like, I love the look, and I love the kind of, like, forceful personality that he has. I'm just kind of like, you know... All this for you know a really bad trip like we gotta
6: we gotta deal with this a little bit all power no responsibility i yeah. love that shit. amazing yeah. that's ben riley in a nutshell all <laughs> gas no breaks
1: <laughs> um the quick battle as it were between venom and parker like really didn't seem to do justice to the many years of anonymity i can't say that word animosity between the two of them nailed it <laughs> yes yeah. so um did we did we think that the quick resolution to this is like sort of just shows how venom isn't as important as a character in this arc
6: or do we think it's just how they progressed over the years i too have been defeated by the screaming trees i heard sweet <laughs> oblivion and it knocked me dead
2: The Venom stuff takes me all the way back to our Limbo episode because Venom's got this whole other thing going on that is really pretty tangential to this, but they found an interesting way to tie it in. The fact that he is in this story as just this kind of brainless bulk zombie, again, is really funny to me. Like, because I know that he's getting his own stuff in his own book and that his kind of over-the-top, very dramatic storyline and like, I have to get my son at all times is dealt with. The fact that he's in this just being like kind of a mindless, like idiot is to me really fun and funny, but I'm very impressed with the fact that it is so tied into a real. Really important part of his story that's taking place mostly elsewhere and just happens to intersect with this, like basically by way of limbo itself being important part, an important part of
6: that. Do y'all like this uh amazing Ed McGuinness Venom in combination with Zeb Wells's humor? Because this is t- this is shipping me not, Tom Hardy's Venom on the page. I could not help but read it exactly like that. And that is to every Venom comic's benefit. Like Be- more of this. McGinnis on a Venom comic with Zeb Wells writing it. Oh my goodness. It it
2: would
6: be, it would be brilliant. I loved his art in this. And no, McGinnis they...
2: really draws like that.
0: Yeah, and McGinnis should draw all mm-hmm. porn, like uh, <laughs> if it exists and it is erotic in my brain. And McGinnis is there, and he's just making it better. And I, his venom is like so long. Audience. Yeah, he's yeah. got the. It's there's a there's a a thickness to the <sighs> dexterity of him that I really appreciate. It's hard to be like daddy thick and agile and mcginnis always gets it every time there's i don't know how do you make a refrigerator seem sexy and ballerina like but venom's doing it.
6: it makes ben so weird though getting up in venom's face and shit
0: <laughs> yeah the proportion gets <laughs> yeah. really like deformed in a good way like in a in like a, a very um humberto ramos kind of like the way the deformed proportion has to fit on the page together it's really it makes the fight sequences exciting oh it does
1: the the art and the like, this is an artist who really knows how to do that sequential stuff that where it's not like where it's fluid and it's it's going and it's not just like still pictures. Like, it's like every panel tells a story on the page. So, like, if there's no panel space or no panel that seems extraneous, there's no like nine panels on every page that have no reason.
3: <laughs> um, one thing I like, I know Adam McGuinness is really good, but there's always been one thing bothering me about his, his art is that his heads are really big, like <laughs> yes. proportionally. And I, it's they you all always look like
0: beer steins.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it's they always uh, throws me off. But one thing I really want to highlight, but for me, was really great was the colors in both issues. I really liked uh, Marcio Menise's art, uh, colors. They were great. And totally. especially at the beginning of of issue 16 when ben and peter are fighting and the background is a different color i really like that one
6: yeah marcio sings on these uh just the combination of like rathburn's inks work they're so suited to mcginnis and then minis's colors have been really good throughout this run but they're so bright and like colorful and cartoony here and it perfectly fits how like i know there's a word for it but i don't know what the word is but like toy like an action figure yeah. at is. Yeah, I gotta say, I even too,
1: like, uh Jocomanya on the lettering really, like, kind of, like, hit it out of the park with a lot of the effects and the, you know, like, the, like, the, the this big giant, ah, right here. <laughs> it, it's like, this whole comic is full of this, and it doesn't, <laughs> yes, exactly, like, and you've got all the Venom stuff, and then, um, even when you get to this last page where Spider-Man's in his own personal hell, and he's just at work, which I totally him
6: <laughs> on that. Um like the
1: boss is like, get back to work and it's like in the big giant red letters and it's it's just great work
6: Don't you think Ben Riley is going a little hard on the villain coding? Speaking of the colors, he's literally like glowing purple green and green and purple. It, it looks yeah, so it good. Is. It looks it looks so good as a color combination and it looks really good in this configuration, but it's hilarious how like edgy Ben is right now. He is like, I am a villain, take me seriously. I I also
2: so much credit uh when it comes to Madeline because they run the gamut with her her first appearance in 15 she shows up in like really in some ways like big resplendent glory but then she has this just soft like almost baby doll face and then immediately in the next page we cut to much darker more angular features for her and it really gives us the full madeline experience like she is this like soft creature worthy of love no she's the goblin queen and like those those really sharp like kind of uh malicious looks in her eyes are accompanied by like a panel of uh tentacle monster uh mailbox like it is the full spectrum experience for her in this in a way that you know even Noto and Rice who do some amazing art for her it is it's not very it's their styles but like we don't go all over the place with it McGinnis really like takes us every part of this character
0: and I just wanted to say Jokar Charamagna. As a letterer, it just actually has adapted a bunch of the Ultimate Spider-Man animated series into comic form. So he's actually a guy who's like so connected to the Spider Verse, and I think you really do see the love from this creative team on every page. And you know, I'm I'm certainly not speaking for you, Juancho, in any way, but I—it's a book that I feel like even if it's not your jam, you can look at it and go, "But they're masters. I can learn something from this, even if it's not my shit."
3: Oh yeah, agreed. I mean, just because it's. story doesn't work for me or for anyone doesn't mean it's not a it's not crafted well right totally yeah
1: Yeah. i mean it's a story that on 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 paper makes perfect sense right two clones connected because they they lost big chunks of their memories and they want to get them back and that's the driving force behind it all and everybody everybody who is a a big player on the team limbo side is really wants something back like like eddie just wants dylan back um chasm just wants his memories back janine just wants chasm to be okay okay and you know maddie just wants her memories back of freezing cable and not killing them
0: i agree you're right number one two clones chilling in a hot tub (laughs) it's so
2: good it's
0: it's just two clones coming together and wanting something and you know it worked when it was the plot of the parent trap so i don't see why it can't work now
2: (laughs) You know, but, Nika, the one thing I want to point at that we were talking about such a long time ago and doesn't appear to be coming up, and I just, I have some questions. Do you remember when we were like, hey, this Craven is also a clone, and it turns out there's, like, all these Craven clones in the world. Um, I really thought that was a part of this. Maybe it's coming in in the second half.
6: You know who else is a clone? Nice Tell kid. me. Ashley Kafka. yeah Yep. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I did. Sorry, The second clone. <laughs> she's the two-time clone. And all of my '90s Spidey stuff. All of my '90s
1: Spidey stuff was like, wait, Doctor Kafka is what? Who?
6: What? <gasps> <laughs> she's a two-time clone. She's a she's a Halloween queen. She's everything. She's a queen.
1: she's a queen. She's a queen. She's a queen.
6: All right. So as we wrap
1: up our amazing Spider-Man coverage, what are your y'all's final thoughts? on uh, these issues, and the event as a whole, since this is the driving force.
3: So, um, and I'm including part of 17, because I already read it, but I think there's a problem for me in this event on the Spider-Man side, not on the X-Men side, but on the Spider-Man side, is that I don't really f- take this event seriously at all, right? Like, I know it's supposed to be fun, but it, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to take it seriously, and it does feel like... And I'm harping again on Spider-Man editorial because, I mean, I already did it, but whatever. It doesn't feel like they knew what they wanted to do with Ben, and they just... Matt a clone, so we need a clone for Spider-Man. Boom, throw it together and event. And I'm not exactly sure it works. It does not work. Work for me. I know it works for some of you and definitely for some of our audience, but it just it doesn't for me. And I'm I'm thinking maybe after the Dark Web ends it's when I drop off Seb was Spider-Man. And yeah, that's I think that's it for me.
6: Well Wancho, I am personally sorry that this run has not been working for you. You know, I always want the best for you in the comics reading experience. Um this run of Spider-Man in general has seemed to be divisive among its fans and Dark Web doubly so. Uh, I happen to fall on the side of the divide that I think it's a wildly fun time, both the run and, and this event. Um, I'm I'm really loving every second of it. I laugh my ass off every time I read an issue. I get mind-blowing little bits that inform my reads of both Venom and The Amazing Spider-Man as I go. It's It's been a delight.
2: Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, it it's really low investment for me on the Spider-Man side, which is not a bad place to be, in. And I'm not saying that I'm not compelled to invest more, but I came into it with so little stake. And so the fact that it is really expansive in dealing with not just the Spider-Man mythos, but the mythos of everything that makes dark web an event and sort of pulls out of themes like the same ones from Inferno. I've just been very pleased with how it's all fitting together. And like, this is an event, like I said, it's really like a ballet. All the parts have to move together in sync and, you know, Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man issues are contributing to that so well and really giving us, like I said, a different side of Maddie. We're seeing characters like Venom and Hallow's Eve and getting more viewpoints from them and it's just a really full picture that I'm enjoying.
0: You know when you smoke a ton of weed with your bass player in your band and then you go to the TGI Fridays that's like a minute from your house and you order unlimited-esque Long Island iced teas for $3 a glass and the bartender is kind of hitting on your friend so they keep sending you really strong drinks to make friends with you and you have to look at that fucking inside of Guy Fieri's head that is a TGI Fridays (laughs) in this experience flavor town that's sort of how I feel about this arc without, like, with no malice. It's just like, it's such a distorted view of everything. It's, yeah, I, I think it's good. I'm, I'm positive on it. It's, it's okay to be cheesy and white and suburban sometimes. And it feels like uh, there's malice, but no, <laughs> no. I, it was my life. I did it. So I, but I feel like it's just like such a disorienting experience and I'm in for it. And, uh, speaking of in for it, I feel as though while we have some new people coming on, show, this might be your last segment with us for the day yeah so please give us your sign off so where everybody can find you uh and bring us on into commercial
3: so um you can find me uh lost in Gracoa and you should definitely read black Hat and mary jane because it's really fun
0: oh it's so good oh yeah yes. so good. absolutely absolutely and uh please if you liked what you're hearing, don't forget to check out each one of our amazing correspondents in their uh, available social medias. And uh make sure that you like and subscribe to the channel so you can get everything you need, as well as from xesforpodcast.com, which has everything you're looking for, except one thing that you can only get right here, right now, and that's this banging ass commercial. And everybody, we are back. No, we are back covering uh Venom
1: 14 and Gold Goblin 2. We do have one new voice introduced to us. Hello. No. hi everyone
7: it's me jonah you can follow me over on twitter and instagram at peak jonah that's
1: p-e-a-k
7: and we hope you survived this experience. Unlike, well, those five people taking the sea train, I think. <laughs>
1: All right. So Venom, number 14, is brought to us by Al Ewing. Uh, Brian Hitch is our uh, penciler. We've got Andy Andrew Curie and Alex Sinclair and VCs Clayton Cowles. And then Gold Goblin, number two, is brought to us by Christopher Cantwell. Lan Medina um, is our inker and our penciler. Antonio Fabella is our colorist. And VCs Joseph. Bino. So, like, just to like dive into this, uh, like the idea that Al Ewing is writing a Venom book is so fascinating to me. I don't know if it was ever enough to get me reading the book until this event, because I'm not a Venom guy, but like I I just can't wait to see where it's going on here.
2: I'm telling you, after everything we've discussed these last few months, from like I said, the limbo segment to what we've talked about in Defenders, like it's really it's all coming together. Uh even the X-Men stuff.
1: Look, Steve's trying to tell me to like read it all the time, but I'm like, I'm like, oh
6: it's Al Ewing, but it's Venom,
0: but it's Al Ewing. I'm just glad that like yeah. Venom's not secretly piloting a Venom spaceship through space.
6: Give it time. The Venom run by Al Ewing and Rom V and various, you know, Brian Hitch, Andrew Curry, Alex and Claire. All these people That run It is a perfect spiral With a line cutting Straight through it To the center That's it It
2: really is A fantastic run It's giving us So much of what uh, We've come to associate With Ewing And I think You know Putting people like Brian Hitch on it Just like The varied artistic voices That are paired with Ewing Really can make For some interesting experiences And I'm just like I've got the issue Queued up I'm even just looking At like This first panel In Limbo With like What is essentially a naked Eddie Brock in a black like in black body paint and, and just oh man
6: just everything about it. Eddie Brock is the black body paint now, which is the best part. Yeah. Uh so, something I want to get out of the way just while we're talking about this. I really love this series, but uh something that has never been my favorite part of the series became really jarring when it became a part of this crossover. So Brian Hitch's art has never been my favorite. I'm not a huge Brian Hitch person. Uh, I've become less so over the years. But um, Hitch's work and Andrew Curry's inks and Alex Sinclair's weird, pale, plastic, washed out, dull coloring has worked to the benefit of a Venom book because everything looks vinyl and latex and shiny and it lends itself to the, the materials that are really going on in the book. But when it comes across like, the vibrant coloring that we've seen elsewhere in this, you know, from Marcio Minis and various other colorists throughout, um, it just—it's—it's it's jarring. It's like a—it's like a train wreck. Like when I was reading this issue specifically, I when we got to the parts with Sync in it, his yellow is so pale and washed out and like lifeless, and it's—it's it's weird. Um, I, it made my enjoyment of this issue weirdly less so, even though the rest of the run also looks like this. But I'd like to register a complaint with these colors.
0: I felt like Sync was the color I. Expected expect darwin to be and that was an uncomfortable coloration issue for me but you know the fact that i'm sitting here saying this issue of venom i read this month because it had limbo also
6: sync i'm like oh okay Uh, also leave it to a dark web tie and i'm so sorry i didn't mean to interrupt
0: oh no you're good i just like i i'm just so so touched that like sync is that fucking x-man now and like he shows up in these fucking books it's just so cool it's so cool and such an incredibly loving job by al ewing who as far as i know doesn't have like the deepest sync history just like is somebody who knows the x-men that well that he can dial into an x-man as needed really
6: moving the master yeah. of mutation. I love that.
0: I, I do love how um, Maddie
1: referred to him as the most powerful member of the X-Men, and I'm like, ooh, okay, there's two, uh, like, there's an Omega, you know, Miss Jean Grey, but mm, okay, I love that. Love that for sync. Love that. Um, you know, I think the thing I liked the most about this story was getting more characterization on Hollow's E. Yeah. Like, I, I think getting to know her more as a character really was, like, so exciting to me, because I, I don't know, I'm all fucking in. Like, she's Halloween fucking thing, like sign me up like inject her in my blood that's fine i'll be high on party halloween. city
6: queen you know it's the opposite of spiders everybody knows what's the opposite of spiders it's halloween it's halloween babe. it used to be octopuses but it's halloween now i i thought wasps were the arch enemies of spiders but... I mean, according
2: to dan slot they are so you know maybe that will all come together in another year
7: <laughs> and he has walked off set um, he has left he is not coming back um oh. <laughs> no oh he oh, we have I love it because, like, <laughs>
2: Jonah has this made Hallow you into an uh, into a Hallows Eve fan yeah. at this point <laughs>
7: um so I don't know who this woman is so I got <laughs> dropped into this event and I'm reading this and I'm like oh okay I can read this the last I left off with Venom was the null event with with mm. the null and everything to his son so like all that part I was good and then we get to the parts with Hallows Eve and I was like I don't know who she is um and I feel bad we were talking a little bit about the art and the coloring a lot of pages seem like they were dipped in orange for me like it looked like there was almost this orange hue over everything and it was a little um off-putting in a a certain way that i don't know if it really registered with me and like resonated in a way that the effect was trying to give um but she was there and she was talking about halloween and putting a mask on and i i guess i don't how this issue doesn't give a lot of context about this character and exactly her role she seems to care about eddie slash venom and wants to to kind of protect him in a certain way. So she's doing the necessary evil of teaming up with Madeline Pryor because she knows that's what she can do to get to her end goal of helping Eddie. You mean Ben, sorry. Oh I mean, Ben. Sorry, Ben, Ben. ben. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much for correcting ben. me. Ben. Um but outside of ben, that ben, 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 ben. I don't oh, really know um if this was like the best introductory jump in issue for somebody. And if like if someone's yeah. reading this entire event and they're not currently reading Venom, I don't know if she's a character from Venom. I don't know where she's from. So
6: she's just kind of there from amazing spider-man hilariously she's never shown up in the series yet and may never again so the readers of venom would also be completely like who is this but at the same time like sink
2: hasn't either yeah,
6: so, well, sink yeah. Sink Hasn't either, or
2: yeah far. which I, I think is a really great oh. thing like you know that question um, actually from- i'm
0: sorry <laughs> but i have to actually yourself about yourself because we recently read an issue of i amazing know I was, Spider-Man gonna, I was
2: gonna get into this by tom
0: defalco yep Featuring sync, and I made you read that, so you have to eat your words.
2: Honest to God, that is all I could think about while we were reading this. Is like it just kind of is a bit of a full circle moment. That is a completely non-circle moment. Um, but you know, it, it a lefty. is. <laughs> it's back <laughs> to that idea that like this is the parts are moving throughout each issue really well. And yeah. on the one hand, I totally get uh, Jonah like saying like I had no idea who that was um i didn't really know who she like i i knew that the character existed but i didn't know anything about her until i went back and did some research having read this issue but like just right off the bat this issue made me be like okay
6: i actually care enough to want to get to know because she just seems cool I've been yeah. such a fan of this character since first reading her in Spider-Man Beyond. Like I've been in love with Janine Gobi and I had no idea she was Elizabeth Tyne. I had no I had no idea of that connection that blew my mind listening to your earlier coverage. While I was listening to it, I was like, no fucking way. <laughs>
7: yeah no uh she's she's yeah. great she is great well you know we have to look out for her twin sister mischief night which is the day before <laughs> halloween
0: <laughs> yes well Ooh. and i i'm repping that back here with may and april but like now i can't help but think how like like seriously some like daredevil versus bullseye level shit would be elsa bloodstone versus hollows eve <gasps> like the ultimate Ooh. can be any monster
2: Ooh. versus the ultimate
0: monster monster Hunter. Yep. i would okay i would read for it. that so hard i i I just think it's great and i think the other thing that this issue gave me was like it sounds so stupid but hope i felt like venom gave me hope i felt like gold goblin snatched my hope away from me but i felt like venom
6: gave me hope Gold so Goblin I, is rough. Gold Goblin continues to be rough. I love let's... this series, and the the art is shocking and astonishing every issue. Like this issue of Gold Goblin with the the bit with with Goblin, sorry, Queen Goblin. Good lord, I cannot say it correctly oh. any time. When Queen Goblin is coming from above and like devouring Norman, and he's being dragged down by all the souls of the people he's killed or mangled or hurt. It's just it's so heartbreaking. Every page of Gold Goblin breaks my heart for Norman every time. And I wish they would stop doing it, but I'm kind of addicted to it now. So I can't. And I, this is a series I've begged for, and it happened. Oh, sorry to all those people who hate that Norman Osborn has a comic.
1: <laughs> I a feel lot. so bad that I love Queen Goblin so much, and I skipped over the part where she's like, the fucking has the sins of Norman
6: Osborn. Like, I'm Started like, what? <laughs> <Brian. laughs> Should have asked Peter. Should have asked Peter. The most gorgeous page in that comic. Yeah. Unbelievable.
1: And, and I love that it's Dr. Kafka. I'm like, oh my God. Like, oh yeah, like this this arc is like 90s nostalgia driven to the extreme we just need adam x to show up and then bam it'd be super extreme but um
6: you know like having who doesn't love a flaming dummy mommy (laughs) right uh definitely not i mean norman says he looks right at her and he's like it's like looking into a mirror and i'm like damn straight norman
2: (laughs) the dream for norman is exactly that um yeah you know i i thought i was just going to be totally against this series and i'm so impressed with the way that they have managed to situate an ever so slightly different villain going good ish that like a it doesn't feel like it's gonna stick b it feels like completely tenuous and very messy and c it really does feel like the point of this is he can never do better and get better like it is however it's going to go like he he can't write what has been wrong like Magneto comes in you know in the utopia era and starts this long path which gets us to a place where we're all like no I get Magneto Magneto's a great guy I love Magneto I don't think that could ever happen for Norman and Gold Goblin has really impressed me with the fact that it is not trying to make me think otherwise it's maybe trying to further push me into like yeah just keep watching him fail to ever wash away his sins. I think it's compelling to watch him keep trying. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. This is, this is I don't want him to stop. I just don't want him to get it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Big I, time oh, Dan Scott vibes. Yeah. I, you know what? I think
2: from listening
1: to everybody before, I think this was maybe what they were wanting from Maddie instead of getting it from Norman Osborne. So like, <sighs> I, I love, I love, I love that we live in a world that Zeb Wells has created and Norman Osborne that Christopher Cantwell has taken and like just making it so I'm I'm like, okay, cool. I need to know what's gonna happen with the rest of the series. Like that's something I never thought would ever happen in a million years, especially after Dark Rain. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Jonah,
0: have you um, so, Jonah, have you ever read Norman Osborn before this ever? No, never.
7: So this is my <laughs> first Norman Osborn. This, this, is is, your... <laughs> this is my comic debut of any goblin. I don't believe I've seen a goblin in a comic yet, uh, from what I've read. Um,
1: you got I'd, two goblins on your first goblin
7: go I, I got double the goblin. I was looking. Over, Ooh, I, I saw a gold goblin, and I looked gobbled. over Nico, and I was like, I want the rainbow goblins. Get me one of every color. And he was like, that's kind of a thing already. And I was
6: like, oh, never mind. I don't this want it anymore. Bat it's bat already there. Um a <laughs> way to start with Norman Osborn. Yeah. yeah um,
2: had you done was, spider-man movies or anything
6: whats well, so I say comics um, no I know, I'm
2: saying like do you know like have you seen uh, like the movie such that yes, you like know? I've seen, okay.
7: uh I seen the uh original spider-man trilogy uh way back when when I was a youngster okay, cool um and so like I am familiar with the with like the concept of green goblin hop goblin um red goblin well I don't know exactly what red goblin is but he's just me like goblin <laughs> um like this book was actually a comparative to Venom where I felt like I didn't have a lot of idea what was going on with the main character and title character of Venom and he was just kind of there and not really you know having a lot of agency in the story this story for jumping into Gold Goblin actually gives a lot of information of where Norman currently is in his character arc and journey and I actually found it a lot more fascinating especially because his sins are literally crawling on his back and like whispering in his ear like you're a bad person Um, and I thought that was so so delicious to revel in his angst and like anguish of I can't, I'm i trying to be a good person but I literally just can't uh, and there's something very compelling about this very sad story
6: um I, I don't know if there's a better way to put it of like it's just kind of enjoyable to watch him suffer yeah when they bring out Mucky like that was like I, I know we're doing like the goofy demon shit but that is not even part of it his, no. his dog that he clipped to death when he was seven that makes an appearance in this issue blame JMD <laughs> yeah the footnotes bl- Lame
1: JMD Mateus. Yeah. Best moment. So here's here's my problem with the series. Like I, I I actually really love that we're getting a look into Norman Osborn. I I love the writing. I just don't love how this is a dark web tie in. But it feels extraneous if if nothing else. Like if I'm going to get the Queen Goblin in an event that has Maddie Pryor, I need the Queen Goblin and the Goblin Queen to fucking team up and like maybe gobble they, everything.
6: There's, maybe they will. I hope so. We I got a whole
2: other month
1: we'll
6: to know. find out. I
0: too would like some coffee gobbling in this book Wait, was that not was that not the thing? Were we not tipping Alex on his? I'm sorry, I got confused. My bad. <laughs> oh yeah, there will be no cock gobbling. Oh, there will be
6: no cock goblin. Says you. Fired. Oh, hey, shout out to shout out to I forget her name, but the woman who works for Mister Osborne and says, oh, "Why don't you just go home and go goblin mode?" And, go and go and goblin mode. Yeah. Oh my, <laughs> oh my God, God! Please don't fire she me. Realizes that she said that to him.
1: Oh, am I fired? I'm fired right? <laughs> okay, I love uh, her. The first issue, she was amazing.
0: Absolutely. And issue, she's like, oh my god. Like, I want a whole series like, around her. Like, I need it. Um, I just need to point out that there's a goblin missing. I would really like Ilan,
2: <gasps> the a queen uh, the, she is so horrible and god awful. And I mean, if we've terrible. got Elizabeth Tyne, Elan can't be far behind. But you know, we can discuss that another day. I know we've got some other books to cover. You know what I'm
1: sad about? I'm sad that there's no Julia Carpenter in this arc. <laughs> <It's laughs> so
0: you know what? Madame Webb deserves better. Anyway. <laughs> she because she's currently over in the spider
2: book.
6: The other oh, the other <laughs> the other spider book.
1: Oh, I have to read another
0: spider the book. The one I'm
6: reading.
2: Order? Yeah, and she's fully working in slot spider-man
6: i was gonna say most of the spider line is so damn good right now like almost all of them so close to all of them are really good <laughs> so close I'm so close so many so but close. not all of these books <laughs>
1: Yeah.
6: (laughs) so as we wrap up
1: these two amazing issues what are any of y'all's final thoughts I'm just gonna say I liked Venom and Gold Goblin I think they were a little bit more they were less necessary to the plot of um, the overall dark web and they were a lot more tie-in things they do great work for the characters that are in them it's amazing to see Sink outside of the X-Men I love seeing the recognition of him as one of the most powerful mutant members of the X-Men team right now Um, and and I, I just, I, I love what's going on with Norman Osborn. I just, I wish these would make a little bit more, fit a little bit tighter into the plot of Dark Web overall.
2: I mean, for me, it's like, if you wanted to trick me into buying some books that I absolutely would not have bought otherwise, one great success. Two, you you gave me good value out of it. Like, yeah, you I, liked it,
6: didn't
2: you? Oh yeah, absolutely. And but, and I should say, like, I was, I read, I started reading Venom after um we did uh the Limbo episode, but it was also because I knew Dark Web was coming up, and Gold Goblin, I would not have read. Absolutely, I would not have. And both of them, like, I, I'm not at all unhappy that I picked them up. So you know, if that's the trade with Marvel, if they have to like really try and force me to read stuff and crossover events if they make it this good done
0: you know uh we've been reading so much fucking spider-man oh my god and i thought i would be really tapped out on spider-man no i mean i wish that the sexiest spider-man of all time don't start i knew you were gonna do that <laughs> pete spider-man hey baby <laughs> I, Wait, does he I mean, have a Peter Tingle? Uh, I can only dream. I, he has Spider Crocs. CPA. He has uh, all the powers of a slightly overweight, slightly middle aged spider. He's uh, got like really basic uh, villains like Craven the House Flipper. He wears a fanny pack. I'm like <laughs> super attracted to him. I think he's so fucking hot.
3: I lose my
0: mind. <laughs> Yeah. I can't handle it. Hold on. I'm going to, I'm done. That's just what I wish. I just, I just wish Pete Spiderman would show up. up, Other people. I know you do. (laughs) Um, So for me, I don't know if Venom
7: fully hit the mark. I enjoyed what I, I enjoyed most of what was in there but i think i was just a little too confused oh there he is oh no oh no that's okay. a pta dad
0: oh hey handsome oh my god he's so hot i can't stand it i can't stand he he's so hot oh he does have spider crocs that's embarrassing i told oh, you it. he has I a spider so fanny much. pack mm-hmm. oh my god oh he's so fucking cute i can't stand it oh my god oh, my my spider god. polo i love
7: it <laughs> he's so dope. i do like the spider polo that is nice I'm, oh um,
0: he's so dreamy
7: venom venom was a little bit of a miss for me but i actually really enjoyed Go Goblin and I might actually be start reading Gold Goblin because I don't know. I, it's actually I for a book again. that's about a character being redeemed which is around, this is, I've read like a couple of like stories of characters that were villains and have now gone to the good side but this one feels good. Like I, I actually like the way the
6: story is being handled. I am goblin-pilled. I Ooh. am venom-pilled. There is a very spicy surprise for anybody who is actually reading Venom at the end of this silly little dark web tie-in comic issue. I am having an absolute blast reading all of these comic books. I have never been happier to be a Spider-Man reader of all of the various Spider books but a few. And I am I'm, I'm shocked to even say that as a diehard X-Men reader and not a Spider-Man reader normally. But I, I have been loving it. I'm loving Carnage. Rope that shit in here put it in Dark Web. I know it's not in here but it should be.
2: I was surprised it wasn't honestly
6: yeah. yeah I'm I'm pumped for the fall of the, the summer of the symbiotes whatever. Well Dude.
0: and I yeah and there's symbiotes in every book now like there's symbiotes over in every X title and like I'm waiting Waiting for like fall of the ghost writers because now everything's got a spirit of vengeance it's gonna be fun I can't wait for the symbiote of vengeance it's gonna be <laughs> so over the top gay it's gonna be everything I've ever needed oh my um, god
1: imagine if the spirit of symbiote the symbiote of vengeance fights the spirit of Arians.
0: I'm pregnant and I you know and
2: with I'm, that I'm <laughs> I was gonna pregnant. say that's the commercials right there ah, there we I'm
0: go preg- with this commercial alright and we're back with one more outfit change for me and uh, if I don't know I wear Deadpool on the show so much I feel weird if I don't so we're back to uh, take a look at two more books and one of them was a humongous surprise for me in a really positive way and one of them was the level of excellence I expected, right? I've been reading Black Cat pretty consistently since Jonah and I covered the Wolverine two-parter a zillion, trillion, billion years ago on the show like when it came out and uh, I've been loving the shit out of that book. Here we have Jed McKay, Vincenzo Carati, Brian Reber, and VCs Ariana Marr, and then over... Over on the absolute like highlight surprise of my week. Not that I expected anything less, but I wasn't ready for such a well-paced time. It was just a case where I was like, the pacing, right? <laughs> uh, we have Dark Web Ms. Marvel by Sabir Pirzada, Francesco Mortarino, Dono Sanchez-Amara, and VCs Ariana Mar, who has said that no one needs to ever say her name right twice in a row. So I do go out of my way to butcher as bad as i can every time and i want to yeah right it's stunning and speaking of stunning we have three incredible superhero women on this screen right now we have mary jane black cat and ms marvel three women who represent the hallmarks of spider women i know that ms marvel isn't strictly a spider character but she in every way represents the female equivalent of what miles has become to the marvel universe at large and which is something we just talked about yeah i believe she really does stand for the same thing as a spider-man in so many important ways and i would love to get your guys thoughts on these three incredible women to start this thing off
2: so because i'm coming from this place of doing a lot of This spider world, but not Peter Parker specific reading with you, Nico. Uh, Mary Jane, especially has this huge place in my soul right now. And I really see the ways in which 616 Mary Jane doesn't always get her due in the same way that characters like Spinnerette uh from her New Year Vows get. And even there's our girl. Um even, you know, Mary Jane in MC2, who is a mother, but just like I should say, but who is a mother and somebody who is just like. Like, completely unflappable in the face of superhero stuff. I just, uh, this was a really great take on the character and a version of her that is much, seems to have much more agency in terms of like Marvel events. Felicia Hardy is just such a badass. And, you know, the fact that they're having a little bit of relationship drama and like maybe sort of failing the Bechdel test. It works because they're both failing it and doing more than it. And then Miss Marvel, I mean, like she holds down basically any book she's in, as long as the writer is there. She's somebody I would follow in essentially anything. And, you know, no change. She's randomly in a dark web book. Why should she be here? Oh, simple. Because she's just a lab assistant, but it works.
1: Uh, Like, okay, so Miss Marvel might seem a little tangential, but they have kind of built it up over the run of Spider-Man. At least like she's appeared and she's... Like, especially in the um, beautiful Judgment Day issue, like, she had her own stuff going on while she was there, you know, um... if But if you're not following Spider-Man, you're probably like, "Why the fuck is Kamala Khan? like? Why is she here? Like, why is she doing this event? Like, you're like, why?" But it makes sense. It's there's a there's a really strong story element
6: for it. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with uh, these books. Surprise, <laughs> as if that isn't what I say about every segment that we're on right now. But I'm a I'm a long time Ms. Marvel reader. I've been reading since Ms. Marvel number one, uh, volume three, whatever the first volume of Kamala Khan's Ms. Marvel. Um, so. <laughs> When I tell you that when the inventor Thomas Edison showed up, Oh my god! I lost my mind. I was, I could not believe this guy is back. Never thought he'd come back. Um, no reason to.
1: <laughs> yeah, when they explained that to me, we were like, when I was reading it right next to them, like, I was like, "What?" And they're like, "Wait." Uh... Yeah, I want. Oh, yeah, that's our first
6: villain. I want to be clear that is Thomas Edison. That's not a bird named after Thomas Edison. That is that is the cloned Thomas Edison with cocktail DNA and robot parts. It's a, it's a whole thing. But that is Thomas Edison, just as evil as he was during his real life. And I'm also a huge Black Cat fan. His entire Black Cat saga has been incredible through all of the various, it's like the Black Cat series, and then the Black Cat series, and then Doctor Strange Black Cat, and then the Mary Jane Black Cat Beyonds, and all these various Black Cat tie-ins to other events, and it all constructs a thing with Iron Cat and this now. Uh, But I've loved the entire journey. And this is just another great artist on that journey. I love uh, Karatu on this one. Uh, And the backup with Michael Dowling again, like in the old Black Cat series was really nice. (laughs) Something Black Cat didn't do, but you would absolutely buy she would.
7: Oh, absolutely. Um, I was really happy with these titles. I had to I had to grab my Kamala in her Spidey outfit. Yay. Um, so if you're asking why it's a tie-in, there's little merch. There's little <laughs> action figures. Um Kamala kinda well, she kind of does exactly what Peter does, you know. She starts off as the kid who's saving her town, the kid town that she cares about a lot, Jersey City. And now she's moving on up in the science world with her own little, you know, internship. And she kind of follows the storyline of Spider-Man, but she makes it her own and she does so many wonderful things for so many different people and I can go on and on about how much I love Kamala Khan and how much I love Ms. Marvel and she's just a joy to have in comics and I'm so happy that she's getting her own tie-in because I don't know I think it's fun. I, I find that enjoyable that a character that doesn't have the biggest association currently with the Spider titles but has her tie-in because they wanted to bring her in. They wanted her to have the internship as uh, at Oscorp and if they're going to have that happen well, she's going to be effective by what's going on in, uh, with everything in Dark Web so I was really Appreciative of that fact. And the Mary Jane Black Cat story was really great because I think they have such interesting chemistry as two characters, especially with their involvement with Spider Man and the way that they interact, and that it feels a little tense and it feels a little unsure of where one stands with the other i really like that we were able to get that vibe really well from how they interact with one another and i think the uh the story was just pretty i I was really enjoyable i really enjoyed kind of everything that happened in both these issues these were both probably my favorite things i got to read for this event so far
6: i feel like really lately people sometimes accuse kamala khan of having wolverine publicity if you know what that means you know like getting put in stuff to sell the book because she's a very popular up-and-coming character i would argue that spider-man popularity or Ms marvel popularity at this point but there's a really funny gag in this issue where she literally does the like all right, punks you took your best shot now it's my turn like doing the actual Wolverine thing will always get me every single time and it was great in this issue I agree I think
0: you know there's no bad time for Ms. Marvel to thrive and the excitement of this uh, Ms. Marvel series I want to get to it in a minute because there's something I really need to address before we go any further I've always wanted to see Mary Jane uh, reimagine as Kate Sheath from Final Fantasy VII and that she now has the ability to reach into the ether and just pull powers out. Uh, let's face it, Tigers, we won the jackpot because this is simultaneously kind of like too dumb, but so dumb it's great. Like it goes round the bend in a way that I think is riveting. It challenges it does. what I expect of a comic, and I would love to get your guys everybody's take on jackpot, which of course the correct. Take is that it's brilliant, yeah. but um I'll take any take, I guess.
1: I, I love I love how flipping meta it is that like we all thought Mary Jane was gonna be jackpot when um right brand after, new day, brand yeah. new day, yeah. right? We all thought Mary Jane was jackpot, and haha, guess what? She is, but like different, but she's like still jackpot, she's got jackpot powers, and uh, I love it. Mm love it i I can't wait for her to like be revealed to be a mutant and finally accept her (laughs) koa and then like can have x books about her
6: love it it's
1: yeah
2: i have no idea where it's going what the point is i love the the visual representation it's so gorgeous uh and silly like it's gorgeous and silly um but i i just think it, it is just fun and the fact that it leads to uh a compelling story in that like It has that very RPG thing of like, she rolled, this happened, now we move on to the next thing. Oh, her power is just pudding, so it's not going to work here, but we'll have to do this instead. And it makes for a compelling story that really is constantly moving. I don't care that it's a weird power or it's a silly power. It just is fun. And the fact that it's her and Felicia having this moment of like taking care of each other here matters more than Peter Parker is really cool.
1: I have say one thing. Like, I when I first read it, I was like, wait, is she Dial Husk? Like, from Amalgam? <laughs>
6: like, I was like, what? Yep. My, my favorite thing about the uh, power reveal in this and my favorite thing that Chet McCain's doing is a wild man I, all the time with this guy. But <laughs> my favorite thing about this is that um, Mary Jane getting powers is a thing that's only known to Black Cat and, like, her husband and kids and all these people, you know. But Black Cat finds out about this. Peter doesn't know about this because he's in another book. So that perfectly reflects how if you're a Spider-Man-only reader and you are only reading the Spider-Man books, you still don't know this extremely important information that is unlocking the secret of this entire run that has been plaguing at readers' minds and driving people off the book with their confusion. But like, we're getting to a point where... <laughs> If you are a reader of Black Cat and Mary Jane, if you're a reader of these side books, then you have crucial information that Peter and Peter readers don't. That is wild to me. It's absolutely wild information to be doled out in a tie in to a crossover event in the middle of the run, and it's crucial. It is crucial. Whew. uh I love
7: these roulette powers, roulettes, go for the crying in the corner that <laughs> she doesn't get something <laughs> cool like this. Um, this slot machine-esque makes me think of Mario, uh, Super Paper, not Super Paper Mario, uh, Paper Mario in the Thousand Year Door. Uh, my video game fans know that one or for my anime fans, uh, it makes me think of Hunter Hunter. There's a character that uh, one of his power is essentially he gets to spin a roulette wheel and gets a different weapon based off what he spins. And no matter what he gets, he always goes, oh, bad luck. And it's just very funny. Uh, that's what I'm used to this idea of randomness. It also just makes her a Swiss Army knife because you could say like, yeah, this is what she rolled on her jackpot. So this is her power. This is why it helps and fixes the damage. She essentially becomes the one-woman army, depending on what they want
0: to do. Pudding. She uh she's pudding, and now we know where uh Firestar's horse went. Uh, oh no, that's jello. <laughs>
2: that's that's what or of- Jello. Yay! Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wait, is she hasty but- pudding? Butter rum. Right. Oh, uh, figgy pudding, because I've never really been sure what that is. Ooh, flan. flan. That would be fun. It's like um, I- yes. So I'm going to uh Pivot back to the main thing about uh, Black Cat and Mary Jane for me that this book had that is so important. It's that oftentimes because spider-man has this gender-defining name in the title we sort of forget how spider-man as a property is so important to people who don't necessarily identify just as men and how many strong women have defined spider-man as a title for so long in so many important ways it's so fantastic to see these two women thrive in this book in this very well used idea this isn't like quick you got to get the spider women in a title and hope it works out this feels like a natural progression of both of these women and before we take a look at ms marvel i would love to get your guys kind of clothing clothing thoughts
2: I'd love to i get think your they're guys both wearing great clothes, clothes.
0: Oh my God! Yeah. That looks fabulous. So good. Fashion. fashion
2: play queen.
0: Beautiful gowns. Um. Yeah,
2: I Mary Jane is a character I'm really excited about right now. Felicia is a character I never stop being excited about, and like that combination is just fantastic. I don't care how long this series goes on after. Like, it is a seed that is planted that can grow anywhere. Um, I also really love that. Yeah, there there's like undoubted empowerment, um, and there is also. Tony Stark being like whatever it takes because there is this understanding of community um, and that like these are people that love and look out for each other and have experiences that matter beyond anything else and it's a way that you can have a character show up and be like I'm going to help that is not them being kind of paternalistic and saying you can't take care of yourselves but more like I'm in it with you.
6: Yeah I uh, really I, I have a lot of fun I wasn't even going to say this but I have a lot of fun with the relationship and go back and forth between uh, Black Cat and Iron Man I it's one of the best parts about the Iron cat series it is unbelievable and i love that it's continuing but more than that i i love the relationship between mary jane and black cat i it, have been such a fan of it every time jed mckay has paired them up i have not read a lot of their other appearances with each other but just based on the strength of that alone has been a blast um i think actually i think zeb wells did some of the stuff in beyond as well i don't remember i'll look it up somebody might have. but yeah no just that that dynamic is incredible i would read that over a peter parker comic any day i'm always here to see that i'm always going to pick up the mary jane and black cat series
1: yeah i gotta say i i love I love how these two women who should be adversaries because they're rivals for Peter Parker's love are actually like truly friends. Like Felicia cares that Mary Jane is going to be upset that she's dating Peter, even though Mary Jane is like, married? I don't know. <laughs> is she married? I don't know. She has she's kids. married Jane. Yeah, no. she's married. She's married. She has kids, whatever. She's like, Peter,
6: whatever. Fuck him.
0: Um just frenzy jane
1: It's yeah.
6: that felicia cares so much about yeah. mary jane's feelings you yeah. wouldn't think she would necessarily but they're so close now
0: and and
1: i gotta like i love like of course jen mckay's felicia is gonna be amazing but i love that i love jen mckay's mary jane so much and i'm like oh my god like i need this series to go on i know this is a limited series for dark web but i need it to go on forever i need to come back give us more
7: oh they're great together i love their chemistry i love that it's not what you expect their relationship to be they actually do seem to have a really good uh friendship they have a very positive relationship with each other where they don't really want to see the other one fail and that's really nice and acceptable uh, i shouldn't say acceptable it's really nice and great that we get to see a comic like that especially with these two women that were kind of pitted against each other for years upon years for the love of peter parker which yes peter's hot but like it, it, not
0: that hot <laughs> 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 it's Peter Parker like... they're in Midtown they're right near NYU you can find a scientist with abs get over it
6: <laughs> um, spider, I would love spider spider attraction. To, do, uh,
7: to travel the world doing a vaudeville act I think that they would be great like they could pretend to be sisters
0: oh they're close
1: like whatever happened to Mary Jane <laughs>
0: yes <laughs>
7: But you, but you are, Felicia. You are. you are in the chair.
0: You are in the chair. Now that we have thoroughly taken this, as gay as it should be, if it's going to be Black Cat, and did everybody their final thoughts? I don't want to cut anybody off. Did everybody? Okay. Just so excited to talk about Ms. Marvel. Um, So long time Ms. Marvel fan here, been reading it like Steve, you know, I jumped on with number one. And as I jump in and out of comics over the years, I would have to catch up, but it was always a book that I made sure to catch up on. Uh, when, you know, I first got back into comics for X's for podcast, being current with the Krakow age, I devoured every page of champions. And Ms. Yeah, Marvel is a character. Comic. Oh, s- such a good comic, right? Yeah. And this was not just, because I expected Ms. Marvel comic to be great, but I was shocked by the quality of the pacing, the dynamism of the art, the expression of utilizing both ms marvel as kamala and ms marvel as a superhero there was an intensity that shone on the value of the personality whether she was in or out of costume and i would love to get your guys feel on this title how did you guys feel about the representation of ms marvel in sort of a post ms marvel is a hit tv show kind
2: of world I mean, well, I'm glad I've, you bring up... Sorry, go ahead, Steve.
6: I, I was just going to mention that I, I think Sabir Prisato was writing on the Ms. Marvel TV show. and some Amazing. Of the, I've, I've read a couple other comics uh, by the before that were Ms. Marvel, and I think they've always been a little geared towards that, like a tie-in kind of comic sometimes uh, or a promotional kind of thing. But this, like, flowed really well, and it worked as just a regular Ms. Marvel comic in so many ways. I, I had fun with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of what I was going to say is that essentially, like, this perfectly... Works as just a a Ms. Marvel, you know, 616 universe comic. But the way that they put the really specific references to characters and situations that are recognizable from the TV show—that's work that you have to do to onboard new readers. And as confusing as this event might be, what a good inroad! If you thought, okay, I really like Miss Marvel, that you open up this Miss Marvel comic and you see a love interest that you would recognize, a friendship that you would recognize, you see, uh, you know, her mosque, which is a really important location in the comic and you get the chance to say okay now i can just kind of situate and understand what's going on uh in her life such that i can follow this story and maybe from there you're like who's this redhead i want to know what's going on so I was just overall really impressed by it. Can
6: I add to that? You're yeah. so right, and I did I did not even think about that, but you're so right, and it even helps that like if you're going to get into Ms. Marvel after reading this comic, you're going to start with Volume One, maybe, and who is it, the inventor is the archenemy of that comic, so you're already going to have a foothold in the beginning. Yep, it's nice, nicely done.
0: I, now, I Jonah, oh, absolutely, Nathan, please go for it. Absolutely, I just wanted to keep the conversation yeah, no. going, but whoever's ready, <laughs> I was going to say I came into Ms. Marvel
1: like at a weird time. Like, I i i always thought i was too old to maybe enjoy her solo series and it wasn't the odd i wasn't the audience for it so i I never really picked it up and gave it a shot but i but when she joined the avengers is the first time i really had some real experience with her and i just like fell in love with the character and how um you know amazing and how fangirl she is and how like much like so many of us comics fans she is um and i like followed her through the champions i need to go back and read her solo series but i love how this picked up elements from that that steve had to describe for me thank you um and
6: you can read it anytime
1: and also like kind of picked up on stuff from the tv show and i'm just glad that it didn't try to make miss marvel a mutant because please don't but,
0: um well i i really hope that we maybe i wouldn't hate it because i the less we bring up inhumanity and she was always meant to be a mutant by the creator so Ooh. like it would be really cool because you know when Sina amanat when she first was talking about the character she was like and what if she's a mutant and they were like oh but inhumanity and she was mm. like. Okay, so, you know, but whatever happens, happens. I would I would love to see. Um, But Jonah, as as I believe this is actually your first Ms. Marvel comic, uh, how did you feel? Oh, it wasn't.
7: I read the reprint of issue number one. Oh,
0: so this wasn't you getting waterboarded onto Ms. Marvel.
7: No, 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 no. I'm familiar. I saw that first issue where she was ter- transformed by the Terragon, Terrigen mist, Terracotta. Uh, yeah. uh, the Terracotta uh,
1: mist. I love it.
7: <laughs> the yeah. Terracotta mist. And she yeah. became uh, inhuman. And because that's what everybody really wants to be, is an inhuman.
0: <laughs> so Kamala Khan met a wild Torchic. And it turned her into Ms. Marvel. I completely understand <laughs> mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as the, the sort of like, I mean, you're a young scientist, like literally, you're a, it, this is literally your life. How does this story play out for you? Not like, not exactly if you found yourself, you know, sandwiched in the middle of a clone saga, would this be how you behave? But as you read this, how did it feel for you as someone who could kind of connect to the material? Um,
7: someone Can someone correct me so I would have to uh, go, I don't have my phone on me to quickly check Find Was she wearing wrong. safety goggles um, in that I lab? I need someone to check on lab safety because that's, not, that's my first priority, lab safety which is number <laughs> one Always have a pair of lab
6: safety goggles on <laughs> I uh, really safety goggles. yeah they're both wearing lab safety goggles okay. uh they, she doesn't have her hair tied up that's probably not great but no uh hair needs to be tied
7: up no open toed shoes uh lab coat gloves anyway um where's evelyn I, when you need her I, I, yeah, actually <laughs> my sister in solidarity for ppe for scientific <laughs> experiments <laughs> um but that's part of what i really enjoyed kind of about this is i i don't know it's something that i relate to that you see i see her in the lab environment, and I'm like, that's what I did. I, I had to do that, and I know that many people can relate to that. Of like, it just she seems so cool, and she's living a dream and doing stuff with her life as a character that I hope inspires a lot of young girls to go into the science track, into the STEM track, and like that they can see this powerful, awesome young woman be bright, be scientific, and excel in the in the STEM field, that they can do it too. And that's what I think the magic of Kamala Khan Miss Marvel, you know, comes from. And And seeing this story give us that focus, have those tie-ins to the TV show that I loved, and really be like, oh, I recognize that. I recognize that. And have it all come together in a very plausible story of how to get Miss Marvel into the dark web event, where she's working at Oscorp um, Tower, technology, science, uh, place, building. (laughs) And she's uh you know the magic undergoes all the the um all the equipment the toilets which was i thought was pretty funny um <laughs> that they were basically the three, the three uh the, the bears from goldilocks of like you poop yeah. too
4: much you poop too
7: little you poop just r- oh you flush too much you flush too little you flush <laughs> just right but we're still gonna eat you um there was a lot of like really good comedic moments that felt great for all ages like this is like if someone with younger kids was like what's a comic that i would recommend from marvel i would would say this it feels like a very age appropriate all ages kind of comic that anybody can enjoy anybody can be inspired by and anybody can find really fun good moments in um and kamala is just cool she's just a cool person like i would want to hang out with her so cool she's so yeah. cool
6: that was so yeah. beautiful jonah i just want to say she's also <laughs> like so many young interns in the science field because she's also interning for an evil corporation <laughs> oh truly <laughs> no, no sins <laughs>
0: Oh, as truly. as you were having trouble describing her job, where you're like, you're like Oscorp Place Lab. I want to be like Pokey Stop, Four Square, Check In. Um, but I want to not pivot away from Ms. Marvel so much as kind of open to a bigger question. We're at the end of our episode and as always, we love to go like at least 10 minutes long. So, you know, (laughs) good for us. We're very good at that. But what we're also very good at is giving summation and something that I would love to see everybody get to do. We talked a lot of things. We talked Venom, Gold Goblin, Ms. Marvel, uh, Mary Jane and Black Cat, Amazing Spider-Man, two of them. We talked X-Men, Dark Web, two of them. Uh, we talked Dark Web the one shot of them and uh, that's, uh, that's a shit that's a fuck ton that's like a, that's half the the trade if this was split in two trades that would be the first volume unto itself and we've already spoke Gold Goblin 1 and a little bit more and my question for you guys is we're sitting on the precipice of what needs to be the revealing moment of Dark Web we really need to be staring at the point at which we understand how it's going to go to some extent not saying that everything is Shakespeare chic- experience theory, but you know there yeah. is that idea of the cycle of the story. I'm really hoping that we come to understand there's bigger things at play here than we knew. I don't need Maddie to be innocent, but I need to believe she's not trying to hurt innocent children. I don't need Ben to be innocent. I need Ben to just... I fucking hate to say this, but, like, I just need Ben to get through it. It can just be another thing on his Mm. fucking list. You know, Ben's life is just one long episode of Unsolved Mysteries. And I I would just really love it if, like, Robert Stack could just tell him that there's an update. (laughs) So, uh, that's what I hope. I would love to get your guys' vibes on where we're at in Dark Web and the, uh... Dark web of the future for you for your webbing Dark
2: as I, the metaphor that I use throughout this is that it's a dance and it's a really beautiful, complicated dance. And I feel like they've pulled it off really well. And, you know, for narratives like these, I think we have this expectation and this hope that like they will resolve in this really like paste. There's enough time for everything to get explored, like resolved, concluded and all that. And my one concern has been that there's maybe not enough time to allow that to happen, but then, you know, I watch beautiful drag queens just fucking death drop to end a dance and it's the best dance I've seen. No, and Anitra's drops was into in the middle. Split, it was in the fucking middle. Drops right into a split at the end of her uh, her number and that just, that was, that was it. So, you know, maybe Dark Web is not going to be something that like has a really like long, slow conclusion. Maybe Maddie's just going to drop into a fucking split at the end of it and that is all we will need. Um, this book feels... The this crossover feels that type of fun to me feels that type of over the top feels that type of hot and silly and increasingly talking this out. Like I, I think we're going to get a conclusion that looks more like that, but I have really
1: high hopes
6: for yourself to do a shoot there. (laughs) I got to say, I have have faith
1: for Zeb Wells characterization and overall planning of the arc. Um, I've got to say, I know sometimes we all get disappointed. Characters always fall into their old patterns and their old cycles. And maybe that's a lot like human nature, because I'm sure we're all guilty of falling into old patterns at different times. I I don't have hopes that it's going to really advance Chasm or Maddie that much. I, I think Maddie'll maybe hopefully stay ruler of limbo. I hope we don't get Yana going back that quick. Um, but I think at some point, like knowing the cyclical nature of comic, that like Maddie's not gonna be in charge of limbo forever. It's gonna go back to Yana because some writer's gonna wanna make that an important story for her. Um I, I I'm excited to see where this goes. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I don't I don't know how it's gonna end. I I'd, I'd love for her to death drop you know ben riley somewhere you know <laughs> hopefully get a good good sprig of that blonde hair he has but um
0: yeah very pullable blonde hair
6: i think i i'm gonna have to just declare this at the end of the episode because i didn't get a chance while well, you are all bad mouth my queen earlier but <laughs> i personally i'm fine with maddie doing more murders i am fine with her doing more wrongs i love the arc that she's having and i do not think it's regressive i do not think that it is opposed to the end of vidayala's new means. i have a different interpretation than it seems a lot of people do of that run and i highly encourage rereading the end of it and seeing the part where she's on a throne of skulls with a big old scythe deciding what to do with de- limbo and killing demons at the very end of vidayala's run that lady Ain't no superhero. I I think that this run, I the thing I was most worried about was that she was going to try to kill Jean or hurt her. The moment it became clear that she was only after the memories that she feels was taken from her to parallel Ben Riley trying to get his memories back, which weren't taken from him, but I mean they were, but not by Peter. But that's impossible to explain. That makes good <laughs> drama. It makes great tension, and that it was that's what keeps pulling me along the chain of Dark Web, and I'm strapped in like from dusk till dawn. It's gonna be good.
7: My two uh, offbeat and hot takes of what I think will happen is I think this will bleed over into the X-Men where they're going to uh, recount the Quiet Council and Celine will have more ammo to be now a member like (laughs) she should have been in the first place. That's my first offbeat and hot take. And my second hope is that we get She-Hulk Involved in this, and they will renegotiate the contract <laughs> that Ileana and uh, Madeline signed when she transferred over ownership of Limbo because, like a car, she you know transferred over the title and gave it to her. So it's now legally Maddie's. I think Jen's going to come in, and they're going to renegotiate this contract uh, in a way where Maddie can get what she wants, and everybody else get what they want, and they just leave each other alone.
1: I mean, she is the Krakoa. I, mean, I would
6: not be surprised. Yeah, you're right.
2: her firm is the law Sorry. firm for Krakoa, so. It's well, just, and it's don't crazy. forget Maddie's son is an incredibly accomplished lawyer. That is true.
7: <laughs> do not forget Cable is a well-accomplished lawyer in and of himself.
2: Who graduated Harvard. with Michelle Obama, just throwing it out there.
6: That's weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, what mean, did I mean, just the age too, because it's from the future. I don't know when he went to law school <laughs> or where. What did I mean? I mean,
1: How is he Harvard. a lawyer? I'll a lawyer explain
6: it to you offline.
0: Thank you. Is this like when thrif grew from genetic goo? How do they know it was right? anyway.
2: yeah, An important question.
0: It, well, you know it, it has to do with the transitive properties of getting reborn in the egg at what point in the rebirth cycle is it a mutant life is it conception <laughs> at egg formation is it
2: when fabio shoots it out of his chest or,
0: or is, is it, it when or is
7: it hope or is it when proteus puts his magic um bubblegum juice on top
6: of it
2: these are the questions we will be asking throughout the next few months i think like if you
6: grow a
1: clone of maddie is it gonna to be Maddie or Jean
6: can I I, oh. just, I did not get to say this dream is Marvel and I have to throw it out there I want to give a shout out to Ariana Meyer for Maddie going blang blang on the organ Oh, yeah. every time. Please keep doing that. It's it's never not funny when she just fucking jangles the the keys. Yep. It's
1: very good. Wait wait wait. I have a question. Does everybody think that the computer that Maddie uses is that a throwback to her like her computer keyboard computer? Is that a throwback to her X Men um back in the I'll day,
2: and her girl in the chair days? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I think I think it's reasonable to the yeah. to to say it is. Yeah. The evil oracle. I mean,
0: <laughs> if she can fly a plane, she can use a computer. So like, I'm here <laughs> for it.
6: Right. Yeah.
0: I have had the most fucking fun talking this stuff with you guys it has been such a blast and this is such a it's a fucking pleasure to do every week and uh i would love to get everybody to sign off one last time i'm gonna start in the opposite end and work our way back jonah where can everybody find you on the interwebs and you know what hit me with a favorite spider character it doesn't have to be your all-time favorite any favorite um you can
7: find me over on Twitter and Instagram at Peak Jonah that's P E A K favorite spider character
0: mm, silk love it great great call Steve same questions unto yourself Ooh, interesting
6: okay well uh, my name is Steve you can find me on Twitter and other social medias at howdyduda that's H-O-W-D-Y-D-U-D-A and my favorite spider character is Venom and your brains have all been a four course meal zombie caviar <laughs> thanks for having me
0: Nathan how about uh, you?
6: Nathan you can find me at Dazzler AOA I like Dazzler and Major Apocalypse and besides
1: Mary Jane my favorite spider character is Shriek ooh great taste
6: everybody great taste so far yeah. You're just killing it mine is actually Spider-Woman. I'm just doing a bit. It's Spider-Woman. She's not really a spider character, but you know, Jessica Drew.
0: Oh, yeah. And the best hair in Wait.
1: comics. Julia Carpenter is the best Spider Woman. I'm sorry. Anyway. She's
6: yeah, she's great too. She's
2: <laughs>
6: she is. She's great too. She's the real Spider-Woman.
2: Forget spider to the bun. Y'all okay. are forgetting Mayday Parker, the real Spider Woman. But setting that aside. I'm TK you can find me all over socials at X Nate X gray X and uh, you know we all know it's May but I'm gonna set set that one aside and say that uh, current really interesting spider character to me is agony.
1: Ooh.
0: Mm, okay. And uh, I'm Nico. As always, you can
2: find me all over
0: the internet at Nico Action. It's N I C O A C T I O N. You can find me on this show at X's for Podcast and all your socials and at X's for Podcast.com. And <clears throat> if I had to pick one spider character, I'm going to go with uh, MC2's Black Tarantula because that motherfucker is too hot to be real.
6: Mm. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah the La Muerte boys. Mm. Yeah. Hey, shout out to the original Tarantula. like that guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy That's why Muerte boys. No, no hate on any tarantulas. They are fucking good designs. Yeah. So hot, and it like takes the venom design in a creative way. It doesn't feel like a replay of that same visual. It's just been done so well over the years, and I yeah, and they show up in Daredevil. two issues,
6: and you just love them forever.
0: <laughs> oh my god! But the Daredevil run, the Daredevil uh, by um, Brew Baker, and then diggle where uh black tarantula is one of his lieutenants Mm. pretty good stuff Mm. okay well that's 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 for the billy club so i guess we're gonna have a black tarantula billy club special and uh, until then uh please like and subscribe please like us i'm desperate for affection Mm. and uh we will uh see you all soon kevo get me the fuck out of here come get oh my god it's a new job Wait, do it! Yes. girl. do it! Yes! Walk that fucking you duck! You okay. yeah. duck-duck
2: walk! Quack, 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 quack,
0: quack, quack. Oh, thank God, Kevo. Thank you for that. Thank you for you. Perfect okay. ending.
2: Our future spider queen, Anitra.